Welcome to another episode of the Sports Council Podcast. I am your host, Matt, and I am here with G and Dylan for this episode of the show. After recapping our Listener League results for Week 12, we play a little game of fact or fiction. And guess what unbelievable fantasy stats are true or not? We'll also give you our starts and sits for Week 13 that are sure to shock and amaze you before wrapping it up with some fantasy football counsel and some more amazing stats. Today is December 1st, 2021, and this is the 42nd episode of the show. All right, first day of December, and uh, we just had our post-Thanksgiving episode, so be sure to listen to that. And just about all of our predictions there have already kind of been bit the dust a little bit. I think my Jonathan Taylor MVP pick is a little worse for wear. This is the Lamar Jackson pick. Yeah, we'll see about that, though. Either way, we're going to go and recap Sleeper League now. So, Dylan, why don't you talk about the results for Week, week 12? Yes. Um, to recap Week 12, um, starting with my team, my team beat G's team, CD Nuts in Your Face, with a score of 120.96 to 84.12. Yeah, it was so, a bad week for me this week. My win streak finally ended. You were on a four-game win streak coming into week 12 but it was a it was a good good game nonetheless no um, no it wasn't but <laughs> all right Did you start a quarterback because i felt like kyler was out right yeah it was ugly let's just uh you know chalk it up try again next week hopefully kyler's back oh man he hasn't played a game for me since i traded for him so just like Kittle. Yeah. Right when I traded for him, they would both go out. <laughs> Gab colluded with uh, Kyler, obviously. Yeah, that's why I'm not his ankle. Yeah. I had I have Kyler in our league, and my and the backup for that for Kyler was Jalen Hurts. So I'm also not happy. <laughs> but anyway, our going to our second matchup. We have Nando beating Matt with a score one thirty point two two to to one oh two point five six. So shout out to you, Nando. Yeah. Oh, I, come back. We, we pit our four-game win streaks against each other. Nando came out on top, so G wasn't the only one to lose his streak. Um, clearly, well, the thing is, I lost AJ Brown the day before the game, and then Christian McCaffrey. Nando decided to collude with Christian, and he said, "Take a dive for the rest of the season for me, so I can win this league." He's like, "Bet," and. Uh, he got God, me three points, basically. And he just randomly took him out, man, day before the game. Oh, Lord. And then he, I also had the Carolina kicker as well. So, yeah, thanks for that. Eight points combined from the Panthers. I think Nando was also talking to um, the GM, telling him the, that that's why they picked up um, Cam Newton. And look how he's doing right now. <laughs> yeah. Nando loves oh, Nando's Superman. Yeah. He's doing everything to collude against you, Matt. Do you know how just for terrible? Them. Do you know how awful the Panthers have been ever since like they three and start? Oh my god! I put so much hope into them after that, and then like even I was starting to believe the hype, and then Miami just crushed them. I don't know what's going on there. Going to our next matchup, we have um, Dixie Normus or G dot Cassie beating uh, our favorite guy to collude against uh, Gav with his. Score of 175.78 to Gab's 112.24. Um, I don't think he clued against you, Gab. He straight up beat you. I have nothing else to say. 
He beat him silly. 60 points. No way it should be. <laughs> and Gab's currently ranked 11 in the league. Yeah, my boy Simple Jack's not second to last anymore. <laughs> out of the gutter. You let know, Simple Jack get out of the gutter. That's uh, that's an issue. He only has three wins. If Vivek wins the next two games, then they'd be tied in record. Wow. All I got to say is Gav should be steering, still continue or continue steering the ship until the ship goes down. Yeah. I think he, I think he, he, um, he left the ship midway through the season, or gave up on his team. Oh yeah, it's abandoned now. I, I don't like that type of behavior. You know, you, you got be part. You got work with your team. Work with what it's, you got. It's, in a, it's a front to the league. Honestly, I'd rather have like an owner like Vivek. If you're gonna be inactive, you should be inactive for the entire year. But you can't keep flip flopping here. It's a thing. Very true. So going into our next matchup, we have USC stand three four six nine beating. Uh, I have no idea. I forgot. How, I don't even know how to pronounce this guy's name. But you don't. What is it, Master? Oh, <laughs> Master. I'm gonna say it anyway, Master Bates, <laughs> with a score of ninety four point three two to eighty one point two zero. Yeah, I when I saw the name, I thought it was some weird ass name, so I didn't want to. Pronounce it. Put it in but, some like wingdings. Yeah. Shit. <laughs> I see you got the euro, the, the euro currency in there too. <laughs> but nonetheless, congratulations to Ram Ranch 1869. This is the funniest matchup because I was tracking this one closely. I think Master Bates slash McYoungboy only needed about 30 points to beat uh, my friend Bryant. And he had DK Metcalf and he had Lamar Jackson still. And all you needed is like 30 points. So like you get an easy 20 from Lamar and it's a PPR league. So all you need is like five catches, 50 yards from Metcalf. So Lamar throws four interceptions in the Sunday night football game. And he gets him to a whopping like 13 points. So he needs like 16 points from Metcalf, which is difficult, but not impossible. So then Metcalf puts up a zero burger. He puts up an egg. For the entire game, except for the two-minute warning, he gets one catch for 13 yards. Hey, you can't you can't play Metcalf. <laughs> you blame Russell Wilson for not throwing to him for for four quarters. Like, because I was I was watching that game, and I think what you just said about that one catch uh, yeah. that was in the fourth quarter. A lot of people were praying basically to God for uh, DK Metcalf to have a bad game, and Bryant was clearly one of them. Because I've never seen this before. Hmm. He kind of got a bunch of 32 points. I wonder who he left on the bench. Oh, he left. Oh, Derek Carter. But anyway, um, our second to last matchup, we have Team Andrew MCW98 beating our favorite analyst, Vivek, with a score of 127.72 to Vivek's 82.38. Yeah, making an average game from Vivek. He had 80 and not adjusting his lineup. Come on. <laughs> he only adjusts his lineup for certain people. I think he just wants to keep it consistent. Yeah. Or Unfortunately, just... they don't play again. Oh, really? They don't? They might in the loser's bracket. Hey. <laughs> what is it, 11 yeah. versus 12? Yeah. It is. Match 11 versus century. 111 versus. A 111 team versus a 319. So that'll be pretty interesting to watch. And for our last matchup to 
And week 12, uh, we have Simple Jack 510 beating Molly Dogs with a score 140.38 to 134.10. Big upset. And I think that was the closest matchup or the closest difference compared to all the other matchups this week because it was a six-point difference compared to, like, every other matchup, which was, like, ten or more. Chill out, all right? Chill out. I'm I'm just – I'm just staying what I'm seeing. That's all. Hey, man. What? (laughs) We're still – we're still – we're still doing fine over here. No, we went lost by 40, but it happens. It happens to the best of everyone. But congratulations to the winners of Week 12, and hopefully things can turn around for in Week 13. And to update you on the standings, Dylan is back on top, the one-game lead with two games left in the season. And he has clinched the playoffs, and he is not the only one who has clinched the playoffs. Dixie Normus has also clinched the playoffs, as well as I have clinched the playoffs, even though I lost. And Herbert Sherbert, see these nuts in your face, Andrew MCW, USC Stan, and Master Bates are all uh, in the playoff mix right now. Bolly Dogs is one game behind. Simple Jack is only two games behind somehow. There's no chance he wins it because of his uh, amount of points he's scored. That's true. The tiebreakers don't lie. He's, but yeah. he does also get to face Vivek this week, so we'll see. Sheesh. <laughs> Battle of the ages. And then you got Gab and Vivek at the bottom. Fighting for scraps. Exactly. exactly. And that's about it. I am, cons- I am, I was on top of the world at the start of this. I was, I ha- was in first place. I had all my guys. I was ready to make a playoff push. Then McCaffrey gets hurt. Fucking AJ Brown is on injured reserve now. Antonio Brown isn't coming back for two more weeks. I am starting Kadarius Tony and T.Y. Hilton this week. And yeah, we could work something out, Matt. What's that? I said we could work something out, man. If you need to, you know, need some help out there. Yeah. What do you What do you propose, man? We'll see. We'll see. We'll have to announce the next episode. But just, you know, we'll leave it off on this for this episode. There's gonna be something in the works, maybe. Okay. Uh, I guess tune in next episode. See what we're working on. I think what you should do is book a ticket to Carolina and talk to the head coach of the Carolina Panthers and say, "What the hell are you do- doing to Christian McCaffrey?" That's well, what fuck Matt Rule, first of all, because, like, that entire, again, I've never seen a more incredible collapse than I've seen. Like, they've had, they had a great defense. If they just, I understand the logic behind the Sam Darnold trade, and I kind of understand the logic behind the Cam Newton signing, but, God, that offense is putrid. That offense is terrible. Even with Christian McCaffrey, they were sucking. And I do not understand how that works. Remember when they were saying Matt Rule would be a coach of the year candidate and Sam Donald would win comeback player of the year award? Okay, that's a little so stretch. No one said all that. No one was out here saying that Matt Rule was going to be a coach of the year. I guess that's fair. <laughs> Sam Donald won. Yeah, I gave you. I was one of those guys, but yeah. We'll see. Matt Rule might go back to college. You know, just all these uh, big time coaches moving around. So he might be one of the coaches you see back. I'm going to go back out to uh, college and fill in one of those gaps because it doesn't seem like, like you said, he can control the NFL team at all. Yeah, maybe he should have just stuck to college. Mm-hmm. But that's a discussion for another day. For today, we have uh, starts and sits for week 13, right? 
Yep. But before we get into that, we're going to play a little game here. Uh, this is called Fact or Fiction. And basically, you're going to, I have compiled a couple of stats that are pretty interesting or unbelievable to the point where you are either questioning whether it is fact, it is truly fact, or it is just fictitious, I made it up. So I'm going to have you two guess because I already know the results of this okay. one. So uh, I left it blank so you guys don't see it beforehand and search it up. But here we go. I'm going to be right. like that guy with the coin. <laughs> so Russell Wilson's average points per game right now is equal to Taylor Heineke right now. I'm not saying points total because obviously Russell had that huge injury. But points per game, he is exactly equal to Taylor Heineke right now. If you're saying say, four touchdowns, yeah. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, f- fiction. Okay. I think it's not true because I think Heineke probably averages more points. I'm also gonna <laughs> go with not true because I think just looking at the record and how kind of like the Washington Washington football team has been playing, I didn't think compared to the Seahawks, they're doing a little bit better. So I'm gonna say false. So you both say false because Heineke is doing better than Russell Wilson. Basically. Yeah. That is true. Yeah, it is fiction. Russell Wilson's points per game right now, but it's only from a huge, like, small discrepancy. Russell Wilson's average points per game is 16.4. Taylor Heineke's 16.5. But the fact that Russell Wilson's decline has been evident ever since he has come back from his injury – and the thing is, he, that's only three games. He had a couple of games before the injury, and clearly he wasn't lighting it up. So there's a lot of like issues going on in Seattle right now. They are the fourth worst team in the NFL, as it stands. And it, it may not feel that way just because it hasn't been talked about as much. And they're not mm-hmm. a complete tire fire like New York or Houston. Or No, they're a complete Jackson. tire fire now. <laughs> I No, no, no. I think... Russell is just doing the bare minimum now because I think remember preseason he didn't want to be in um, Seattle because he didn't he didn't like how he, no he, he never didn't want to be in Seattle he just put four teams out that if he was going to leave Seattle that he want to go but he didn't yeah, want to leave he, you know? oh yeah he didn't want to leave but he already had oh a list I thought he prepared, did you know? he, no he he already had a list prepared but you know he doesn't want to leave Seattle clearly <laughs> I thought he had beef with Pete Carroll I don't know I, there's a lot going on in Seattle. I definitely agree with you there, but I am. It's like if he needs a team that has a good defense, a strong strong coach, a uh, run game already, uh, and building an O-line, maybe like a team like in Pittsburgh, oh. you know, where they have some history and winning, you know, they have the type of personality that Russell Wilson likes. I feel like something like that could work out. Yo, know? Pete Carroll should be, their, should be the Seattle running back. He runs more on this high line than their run game. <laughs> it's true, though. Alex Collins is not good. I mean, Chris Carson's out for the rest of the season. That, that team is awful. I think it's time to put Pete Carroll as running back. I think it's time for Pete Carroll to retire. Give him some grace before, you know, they eventually call for his head. They should after the season, but we'll see if they actually do. Yeah, we'll see. All right, next one. So. This one. In only five games played this season, Antonio Brown has more points than Titans wide receiver A.J. Brown. I think it's true. Mm. I think that's true. <laughs> He's had some big games. I know he had a 30 and a 20 and a, only 20, I want to say, 
in the first three, four games that he played. Then he got hurt and came back. And I want to say he averaged double digits in the games that he came back. And then that sounds like a lot more than A.J. Brown already. Dylan, do you have an answer? Okay, I'm going to go on a whim. Just I'm going to be – I'm going to look like an idiot, but I'm going to say false because – um, I remember Matt keeps complaining to me each week saying how Antonio Brown's injured. So I'm just based off that, I'm going to say false. It is false. Damn. Yes. It oh. is close though, because Antonio Brown, I believe, is not as far behind AJ Brown as you would think. I think he's only like a couple, like I want to say 40 or something points behind. I don't really, um, I don't have it up right now. But last time I checked, because I was thinking, how close is that margin anyway, considering the fact that how big A.J. Brown, like how poorly A.J. Brown has been this season, and he's missed some games as well. And then Antonio Brown, every game he's been in, at least, he's popped off. But, no, it's not that bad right now. <laughs> it could be worse. But hopefully both of them come back soon for the sake of my fantasy team. Always be Robbie Anderson, right? Please get vaccinated. Wait, they're both vaccinated, right? Or... Hopefully. We don't know, A.B. <laughs> hey, man. Yo, these people really need to get it together. Om- Omicron yeah. ain't no joke. Yeah. Oh, okay. And in half PPR scoring, A.J. Brown is only 20 points ahead of Antonio Brown. As it stands. Which is unfortunate. Again, five games. All right. Kendrick Bourne is a top 25 wide receiver in half-point PPR leagues. Oh, no way. No? Come on, false. Okay, Dylan? Um, let me see. Because I, I know he was an ex-49er, and I remember Matt telling me how he drops, he has butterfingers, he drops every single ball that comes his way. But hmm, the other week I did see him, he was catching a little bit better. Hmm. I'm going to say false this time. Well, I liked Kendrick Bourne because oh, I didn't like Kendrick Bourne because he's boomer bust. He either catches all like these amazing like one-handed or over the shoulder or over a defender's back, but he drops the easy one. In New England, though, he's so improved so much that he is now the wide receiver twenty-two for the PPR oh my season. God. Damn! Yeah, what a season. <laughs> it is I incredible. Just him one of my leagues a couple weeks ago. I wanted him this week. I was going to get him in the listener league, but Gav, even though he sucks now, picked him up because of his Patriots bias. And uh, now I'm starting again, T.Y. Hilton, which is unfortunate. But yes, pick up Kendrick Bourne in your leagues because even though it doesn't look pretty, the Patriots are not a huge dynamic passing offense. They are rising, and Kendrick Bourne is the wide receiver 22 right now. That is better than Hunter Renfro, Brandon Cooks, Devonta Smith, Amari Cooper right now. So you should absolutely pick him up in your leagues. Buy some macaroni and cheese while you're at it. <laughs> Big Mac. All right. Julio Jones has less points than Traquan Smith, Braxton Berrios of the New York Jets, and Freddie Swain of the Seattle Seahawks in PPR leagues. That's true. Julio's Julio's been warming up the bench. Yep. <laughs> I'll see him next to him. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely true. Yeah, not a good season for Julio. I don't know how many games he's played. It has been few and far in between. You probably spent a very early pick, or at least a not double-digit round pick, 
with the 88 wide receiver so far. Jesus, Lord. <laughs> Lord have mercy. I'm so glad I had him last, last season and this year I don't. I'm so glad. That's so bad. All right. Nick Folk, the Patriots kicker, averages more points than Jamar Chase in standard scoring. Oh, I have both these players. Wait. Oh. This standard scoring, though. Shit. I don't know. <laughs> I, have, I have both of them in my other <laughs> – so I, I kind of had to get this correct. Good job, by the way. Pure. I I was questioning the Jamar Chase pick when I when I'm I drafted gonna, him, but I'm gonna go with Jamar over full just because, like this, like that. So I know Nick has been, he's been getting a lot, he's been kicking a lot of field goals lately, but at the same time, Jamar Chase, he had he popped off for like a good amount of weeks. I don't know, like three weeks. So, yes, but it's about average. About average, yes, that's true. Mm, damn, I have both of them too. I would say false. It is false. Yes. Nick Folk averages eleven point seven points per game in standard. Jamar Chase averages twelve point six points per game. So it's only about a point. Jamar Chase only gets one more point than Nick Folk. Still, though, if you have Nick Folk. You are basically getting a wide receiver one kind of value at this point. And That's it doesn't young. matter. It translates to PPR, translates to standard. Nick Folk is Nick Folk. All right. One last one. Derrick Henry right now is still the running back four in scoring. That's true. That's for sure. True. Uh, Derrick. Derrick Henry. Yes. RB4. Derek Henry. King Henry. King Henry. King Henry himself. Yes. You know it in your heart, Dylan. Say it with your chest. I'm going to say false. I'm going to say false. No, you're wrong. Why would you ever doubt King Henry? He is still the running back four in standard scoring right now. His, when he was on the field for eight games, he averaged 21.9 points per game. He has 175 points, which is more than Ezekiel Elliott, James Conner, Najee Harris, Cordero Patterson, Leonard Fournette, Nick Chubb, right now. <laughs> oh, I think I misinterpreted that question. In eight games. Who's ahead of him? Three people. Jonathan Taylor, Austin mm-hmm. Eckler, and Joe Mixon. Yeah, damn. Not surprised. Damn, that's crazy. Where do you think he's going to be by the end of the season? Uh, RB10? I'll, I'll be, yeah, I'll be conservative. RB10. That's crazy. He only played like nine games and he's going to be – Top 10 RB this season. That's please come back for the playoffs, King Henry. I need you. God. I think not bad for me. I think factor fiction. Four for six? I'll take it. I got four for six. Above five above five hundred, so I'll take it. I don't know how many G got, but not as many as Dylan, so can't be that good. All right, Dylan wins this round. Shout yeah. out to the coin. <laughs> Are you literally, literally flipping a coin for this? No. I, I, <laughs> I did put some thought into it. I put no thought. I just did say whatever my first thing that came to my head. Yep. And uh, that's how we approached our starts and sits as well for this week. Um, Gak did not make it tonight. He got his booster shot. And uh, you should all do the same, obviously. It's mm-hmm. another string going around. So... 
yeah if you don't have the vaccine please get it oh yeah Um, yes we are very strong encouragers of the you're you're immunized right both of you right oh yeah yeah i'm immunized not taking any of that other crap no yeah i don't need to get the shot because i had the covid too (laughs) yeah i was just checking i want to make sure i'm not working with you know some some people not not saying names but i mean rogers yeah yeah you could say it yeah aaron Rodgers. unless he comes on the show like, he's my best he's my favorite player yeah. Yo, ditch, he, he, ditch the ditch the pat mcafee show aaron you can talk about your COVID toe here yo cow all i gotta say cow cow bears go bears oh man aaron is making it really hard he's a he's a bay area native he was a 49ers fan went to cal how do you go to one of the best universities in the world and then you're going to talk about oh god i took i took covid it. advice from joe rogan i took covid it's advice half forward thinking you know i do my own research he's immunized to rational thought all right week 13 starts and sits i'm going to go first um, but by the way gav is unavailable that's why dylan is here to give I us feel Gav's for gav for uh, yeah gav feel better bro feel better all right i'm gonna go with the fan favorite around here or sports council favorite around here kirk cousins at detroit kirk cousins keeps flip-flopping on and off this list i either love him or hate him there's no in between um he had a decent game against the niners but he also threw one of his first picks in a long time a stat that really surprised me was that kirk cousins has only thrown three interceptions the entire year that's including the one he had against the Niners. And he's only had one fumble. So he's basically had only four turnovers the entire season. And even though the Vikings suck in terms of record, and now Washington is apparently the seventh seed over them, that just means that they're going to want it. And they have a pretty easy home game. Um, I mean, road game against Detroit. And, you know, you could do a lot worse for Kirk Cousins. I'm no longer going to put him in my sits of the week from now on just because he has been playing at a top 10 quarterback level, I should stop doubting Kirk Cousins. You should absolutely play him against mm-hmm. Detroit. And with the injury of Dalvin Cook, they're going to heavily rely on Kirk Cousins. So it's like a booster, you know? <laughs> uh, booster speaking shot, yeah. speaking yeah. of people who aren't immunized. Yes. Wait, well, <laughs> I see, uh, see what you did there. Um, yeah, I'm going to kind of go on the similar route of taking advantage of, like I always do, injuries and, you know, next man up kind of category. And I'm going to Taysom Hill. And it's going to be a game on Thursday night. So if you're listening, go get him. Start him with confidence. He's a running back playing quarterback. And he's going to get you at least running back, I would say, 12, 13 points off running the ball. He'll probably get a rushing touchdown and, you know, probably like 60 yards, 50 yards at least, I'm assuming. That's conservative numbers in my opinion. So I think he's going to be have a great game. Dallas is giving up a lot of yards. Their defense looks a lot more sloppy than it did at the beginning of the season. And, you know, he might have turnovers, but you know, I think it's going to be like a, you know, he's a very yard-friendly and fantasy quarterback-friendly, you know, Taysom Hill. You know, he does it all. So we'll Sounds definitely see him used in a lot of different ways, maybe even catch a pass get some runs in, all that. So should be good. You know, whenever he does passing the ball, it's just extra, in my opinion. Yeah, and I hope he comes – they put him back at tight end again so I can put him in for ESPN. He's doing everything. Nice boost, yeah. All I got to say is don't trust – never trust Dallas. 
Never trust Dak. Dallas. Never trust Dallas unless his name is Dak Prescott in your fantasy team. That's all I gotta say. Very true. Yeah. Um. So I guess for me or for Gas Pick, he picked Derek Carr versus versus the Washington football team. Uh, I think Derek Carr. He's a above above average QB. Uh, you know what he said. He doesn't care about your fantasy team. He'll pass to each pass to each um wide receiver on the field. So and including his running backs. So I think from my point of view, I think he's a solid pickup to have. And it's against Washington, who's okay. Uh, what do you guys think? I think that's a solid pick. Um, Carr's been having a great year, and I believe I read a stat somewhere that he's gonna probably get have one of the best passing seasons of all time if he keeps up this thing. Mm. Of course, it's did, did it not scare you at all that Waller's not going to be there? I guess, but at the same time, the coin, baby. Just the coin. The coin. Go the coin. coin. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, in real terms, Hunter Renfro is shown that he's been able to put up the load. And I actually like Deshaun Jackson's potential in the offense. I was so close, and I was I played some DFS, and I was going to put Deshaun Jackson in. But I was like, yeah, that's a little too extreme. So I decided to go with a safer pick in one of the Dallas wide receivers. That did not work out. I won 50 cents, though, which is nice. Wow, so, you're really playing like, big big pockets, huh? Yeah. I, I spent 25 cents, got 50 cents back. So that's basically... Imagine if I was 25 mil. Yeah. Watch out, Vegas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if you need another good pick this week, you know, I got you a running back with Alexander Madison. He's probably taken in most of your leagues. But if he's available, he's a guy you have to get right away. I think out of everybody we talked talk about today, he's probably going to have the best week. He's already projected, I think, 19 points, which for a waiver wire guy, if he's available – you know, a lot of people should have him at handcuffs if you had Dalvin. But if you didn't, you know, this is your chance to get an RB1 off the waiver wire. So this is a, you know, if you play, uh, as you call it, you know, with the, the bids on players, this is a person you put your whole bid on, in my opinion. And, you know, you're not going to get more value, especially for two to three weeks. And at the end of the season, when you're trying to make, you know, your last playoff push, you can get an RB1 value player off the waiver wire. That's, I think, the really good. Yeah, Nando is smart. He had Dalvin Cook. He traded for Dalvin Cook, and he also has Alexander Madison. So even with Cook injured in our sleeper league, he now has Alexander Madison. Probably going to be able to do just fine. And uh, I picked him up in another league, and I'm starting him as well. Who's but he playing I'm this awesome. week? Who's, He's um, going against Detroit. Good old hard defense Detroit. Who's Nando playing against this week? I believe it's USC Stan. Yeah, so it should be an interesting matchup for the playoffs. Mm. Yeah, but I'm going to go with my pick, Josh Jacobs versus the Washington football team. Look, Washington's defense has improved over the last couple of weeks, um, which is crazy with the absence of Chase Young. But let me tell you something. Josh Jacobs is a front runner, and I've always said this. He does well when the team is winning. He doesn't do well with the team losing. When he when the team wins the game, Josh Jacobs has double digit points basically in fantasy. When the team loses, he has single digit points in fantasy. You can check it out. The Very coin true. says that the Raiders are gonna win against the Washington football team. 
And if you aren't aware of the coin, there is basically a Reddit user who predicted every single result of the Raiders games using a coin, a weighted coin, weighted based off of the uh, Vegas odds, I believe. And he has been right 12 out of 12 games so far, or 11 games, considering the bye week. This is another chance for the coin to prove itself. And why would you doubt a coin with a 100% success rate so far? So the Raiders are going to win this game. And Josh Jacobs, that means, will have double-digit points. It's just decided. That's just how it is. I don't make the rules. I just follow them. Moving on from Josh Jacobs, uh, for a gas pick this week for running back, um, he recommends starting Javante Williams versus the Chiefs. Um, I think from watching um, watching the Chiefs this season, their defense has been low-key atrocious, especially. So I think picking having Javante Williams in your lineup would be uh, a good good player to have. Um, although Javante, he doesn't produce that much in standard. I don't know about PPR, but um, I think generally he's an okay. I mean, I don't really watch Broncos games, but I think, I don't know. I don't know what to say here. Yeah, I got you. Um, no worries. Uh, you know, Melvin Gordon's going to be out this week, I think. I think that's what, you know, Gav's big attention was. It's just he hasn't had a chance, Javante, to have the whole backfield to himself. So having a week where you're going against suspect defense, like you said, the Chiefs, and you're going to be not sharing, getting 100% of the workload, it's just one of those things like Alexander Madison where you're just taking advantage of workload and just kind of starting a pure base off that and knowing that they're going to be a run-heavy team. That's how the Broncos have been able to, you know, muster their way up to I think they're six and five now. So I think it's, you know, pretty good for them. And they've been, you know, most of the games they've won, they've been running the ball almost like I want to say majority of their plays on offense and getting really efficient. They have a good O-line. So I think it's set up for them to, you know, have one of a run heavy offense again this this Sunday against the Chiefs. Melvin Gordon's out again. Mm-hmm. It's like three, four starters now. Oh, man. I'm just done. I give up masturbates. You can win. <laughs> Tough. I go down with the ship, Matt. <laughs> gotta, yeah, gotta, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I'm starting. I'm starting players no matter what. I don't ever put an inactive player in my lineup unless, uh, of course, the bike apocalypse. But that's why I'm starting this man at wide receiver right now, currently in my sleeper league. T.Y. Hilton at Houston. Look, I was just as surprised as many of you to see that T.Y. Hilton still plays professionally in the NFL. Um, I couldn't believe it myself. He was good in like like 2010s. Yeah, no, he was good in 2013 when Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton were tearing the league up with their uh, rookie sensation. But, you know, this isn't 2013 anymore. It's like eight years later. And T.Y. Hilton is still on the Colts and he still plays football for the Colts. But he only plays his best football, basically, against the Houston Texans. We all know it. We see ownage before. Debo Samuel against the Rams. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore on Mike Evans. Divisional matchups are different. And whenever T.Y. Hilton sees Houston on the schedule, I swear he just says, all right, Carson, you got to feed me the ball. Frank, you got to give me the uh, scheme up plays for me. I'm going to do whatever it takes. I fucking hate Houston. I fucking hate the Texans. Um, I never had a good barbecue or like brisket or whatever in the state of Texas. I just hate this place. 
And I swear he's going to torch the Texans defense, which is already not good on its own. The only problem is that, you know, Pittman has emerged as the starting wideout and he's the star wideout right now. But if you need someone like me, you got to go for broke. Start T.Y. Hilton. Yeah, that's a tough pick. I can't really say I agree with you, but it is a good matchup. <laughs> I don't like it myself, but, you know, again, ownage is ownage. Got what yeah. you have sometimes. I like my pick here this week. It's a player coming back off injury, um, Devontae Parker. I mean, I would stay away from him if you were in a standard league and maybe even a half PPR. But if you're in a uh, full PPR league like I am in most of my leagues, I really like Devontae Parker, too, has been throwing the ball, I think, almost with plus 70% accuracy in the last few games, which is, you know, doesn't really, in a sense, benefit Devontae Parker, but there are a lot of shorted throws, and Devontae Parker's a great possession receiver, so he'll be getting a lot of catches and stuff, and I assume that he's going to, you know, make a good fantasy week, like maybe like, you know, not the highest ceiling, unless he gets a touchdown or two. I assume he's probably going to have one of those, you know, seven catches for 60 yards games, and he'll get you like 13, 14 points. It's coming off back off injury, and he had, you know, not the greatest, you know, connection with Tua beforehand, but Tua has been able to find Jalen Waddle a lot. And I think now that he has another option coming back, it's only going to help them out. And they're on a win streak, they're looking good. That's the type of time you want to grab someone that's coming off injury. He's going to find his way in the offense and just keep pushing them to become better. Yeah, I like the logic in that. And I hope Devontae Parker comes back. But, um, yeah, I, I just don't trust Miami anymore. Except Jalen Waddle. I love Jalen Waddle. Right. Gizeki. Oh, yeah. Yeah, him too. Well, sometimes. Sometimes he does well. Sometimes he puts up a goose egg twice in one season. That's very true. But very nice. Devontae Parker. So for Gaz pick, uh, I guess the theme of this week is Vegas. So um, he's going with Hunter Renfro against the Washington football team. Uh, I guess it makes sense. I mean, Hunter Renfro, he's pretty good, pretty good wide receiver on the Raiders. I mean, of course, with what's going on and losing that person, you know, you know what his name is. Um, yeah, you don't. We don't speak about him. Um, we don't speak never, about. Him? Okay. We don't speak about him because I don't condone. Uh, drinking and driving. That's true. That's true. So again, for America, um, call Uber. If you ever, if you ever go drinking with your friends, call Uber. But as a, going off from that, um, I think seeing the, watching the Redskins defense from last week when they hey, played hey, against. We don't say. We don't say. I that. mean, sorry. Oh, I cancel <laughs> myself now. Sorry. On our document, Gav wrote that name. So yeah. blame him. I knew he, uh, blame he, him. Don't he blame me. Versus, he said versus Washington for Derek Carr, but then he said the other one for, for Renfro. I don't know yeah. what he was doing, but whatever. He caught you. Yeah, he did. Bl- blame, cancel Gap. <laughs> Just kidding. Don't cancel. Cancel, cancel Gap. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. But I think the Washington football team, their, their defense is like, okay. I mean, they almost had a scare last week. Actually, no, they did have a scare last week against Seattle because I thought with one minute they could have closed the whole game up. But no, they're like, let's give people heart attacks with the, with like two minutes remaining, I believe, or one third against Seattle and giving the ball to Russell Wilson. 
and he yeah. did and he did drive down to the other side of the field and he almost did that two-point conversion which i was like at that time i was like what the hell are you guys doing yeah that was but, garbage and is coming off his uh, i think career high in catches and yards so you know just ride the wave while that's high right yeah he's a ppr beast and mm-hmm. all right well i'm gonna i'm gonna have to switch it up for tight end you know you guys keep taking every every raider player there is i'm not gonna take a raider player i'm gonna do the opposite i'm gonna take a washington football player and i'm taking logan thomas against the raiders and you know, i mean he's some, like the most paper thin player in the nfl you know and for some reason it feels like all other tight ends have Christian been mccaffrey yeah i mean it just doesn't it feel like all the washington tight ends from jordan reed now logan thomas they always just stay hating her <laughs> It's like a curse on their tight ends. But, yeah, I mean, if he's out there, he gets a lot of targets. He has a great connection with Heineke. He has a safety blanket. So I expect him to get busy. And it's against this weak Raiders defense who has been bad against guarding tight ends. It's a great matchup there. I think at least you'll get some red zone targets. And I think I'm I'm guessing a a touchdown coming for Logan Thomas this week. Yeah, I think Heineke loved uh, targeting the tight end from Ricky Seals-Jones to uh, now Logan Thomas, who's coming back from injured reserve. Uh, I'm going to go with a pretty easy pick here, I think. I'm going to go CJ Uzoma versus the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers are a very good passing defense, but I think there is some room for um, giving up plays to the tight end position. And I think Uzoma... He has his on and off games, but at the same time, I think that he, I think that Joe Burrow will find him on some targeted plays. Like when you get designated rollouts, like they'd usually do in the Zach Taylor offense, which was the McVay offense, which was the Shanahan offense, you usually see these bootleg rollouts on play action. And I think that when you have Jamar Chase, the Chargers are going to focus on Jamar Chase and T. Higgins up top and make sure that, you know, their passing defense is usually locked down. But I think there is some susceptibility in the tight end position. So I'd go with CJ Uzoma if you need a gamble. I also want to point out that Gab also selected CJ Uzoma. So I don't think I need, yeah. I don't need to explain it again. I'm doubling down, yeah. I love it. Great minds think alike. Mm-hmm. Or very poor minds together. <laughs> I see now we're now that we're about to start our sits here. We got some controversial picks here. A lot of big names, a lot of star players that, you know, you might have what we have as benches. Always very controversial, but, hey, this is what we're here for, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And I'll like start this. it off, man. I'm not biased <laughs> at all at this one, but I'm taking Lamar Jackson against Pittsburgh. I think, you, you know. Sure? You sure you're not biased? No, no, no. I'm, I'm just basing it off of Lamar's last performance, you know. And he threw four picks last week, and I think obviously he's not coming back out and throwing another four, but he does struggle against our defense. I think he's one and one against us in his career, and both games he weren't very fantasy relevant. Uh, he's a great quarterback, obviously. I think I had him as my MVP last week, so not nothing personal against him. Probably still win just the same way he won against the Browns, but he had a poor fantasy performance. So I want to, you know, preface that. I'm not saying the Steelers are winning. I'm just saying that I would not start Lamar with a lot of confidence this week. Uh, I would definitely take Taysom over Lamar this week and just ride out with the better matchup. That is think, a spicy take. Do you think Lamar Jackson needs some contacts after what he did last week? I don't know, man. I don't know what he happened. I think he just assumed that, that the, the Browns were just going to, you know. The Browns are the Browns? The Browns, yeah. But, I mean, they were, but – not the way he expected. 
He didn't take his four quarter dump. That's what happened. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. He need, yeah, he needed to do that yeah. against Browns. He forgot that last time it worked. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go with my controversial pick this week. I'm going to go with Josh Allen against the New England Patriots. No bias here. Gab would probably have made this pick if I didn't make this pick because he is biased. But, you know, that defense of New England's is very, very fearsome as it stands. And the thing is, a defense gets hotter and hotter when they have momentum on their side. New England is now the, what, second seed, I want to say, in the AFC as it stands. And they are currently the leaders of the AFC East, even after starting like two and three or two and four or something. And Josh Allen has been struggling as of recently. He's had some on and off games. He wasn't very good against like the Jaguars and the Jets and whatnot. But then he was able to bounce back, have a great game against New Orleans. I think he's going to find some trouble against this New England Patriots uh, defense. And I know what you're thinking. He had a great game against New England last time in Monday Night Football that probably won you your leagues in the fantasy playoffs. But, you know, you can't just base it off of prior year history sometimes. This is a divisional game, and the Patriots need this game in order to kind of cement themselves at the top of the division. If you don't think that Bill Belichick is going to throw everything that they have against them with a much better defense that has gotten a lot of their players back from um, the COVID season, which happened that year that Josh Allen lit the Patriots up, I think that they're going to do incredibly well versus Allen, and I think he's going to struggle a little bit. Very nice. For Gaspick, he picked... Mr. Kermit the Frog himself, Patrick Mahomes against the Broncos. Uh, I can see why he picked – well, for me, how I see it is Mahomes is not really having a great – he's having like a, a mediocre season based on like what's going on. I don't know what's going on in the um, the Chiefs camp, but – and I think it's just what concerns me is his how consistent he can – he can be because there's there's like he flip-flops between between being baby goat versus and then complete trash if i if i'm gonna be yeah, honest definitely so you know me off, though, about this pick the last time gab picked patrick mahomes on a sunday night football game as a sit of the week mahomes had the best his best game of the year that was also and, against a division rival yeah against a division rival too what is it also away? Is it an away game as well? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it's and, at Denver. Oh wow! So, hey guys, start bashing Mahomes. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, it, oh no, it's a home game. It's a home game. Okay. At least there's not all these parallels. But Gav's reverse jinxing him. I don't know mm-hmm. where he has Patrick Mahomes. I don't know. I think if you don't have any other option, just pick Mahomes. I mean, I have <laughs> my backup is Jalen Hurts, and he gave me four interceptions last week. And I put him in. That's why I'm still gonna put Mahomes in this week. So I won't take your advice. <laughs> Gav, even though you told me to sell Lockett, I still remember that. Yeah. Would you would you like to share what Gav said to you after you didn't sell Lockett? He thought he thought it was punishment from God. And <laughs> I thought God would take is trying to take my wins last week, but he didn't. Yeah. He gave it back. So, God has taken so much from Dylan, and uh, yeah, but that's for that's for right, guys. that's that's All for right. a different episode. <laughs> All right, let me start that's off right. with the running backs, okay? Before we have a therapy session for Dylan, 
Go ahead. Uh, I got Zeke against New Orleans against another Thursday night matchup. It seems like Zeke is the second best running back on his team. Can I say that? Is that is that too too far still? I, I mean, mean Andrew's I not like, here, so uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, right. I mean, Tony Pollard looks like every time he touches the ball, something amazing happens. You know, I don't want to sound like a, you know, uh, what's the word like a too quick to you know to you know just to state something like that. But he's getting more yards per carry. He's getting he can also do way more with the ball in his hands. Obviously, he's a kick returner and all that punt returner. So he does all that stuff. So obviously there's a reason why, because he's, you know, younger, fresher, and Zeke just doesn't seem like he's that old Zeke anymore, especially in the beginning of the season when they were getting him 30 carries every game, you know, he's getting less and less. He's splitting. I think he had their team rush the ball like 15 times last game, and he only had nine of those rushes or something. You know, it's, it's the worst. And the New Orleans defense is really good. So they've been able to stop other great running backs this year. I just don't like it. I think he's a, another star player you're going to have to bench. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Tony Pollard's looking explosive, and I think Zeke is hurt. He had an ankle injury in the Kansas City game, and he hasn't looked the same since. Um, New Orleans is a tough run defense, too, so if you didn't have him there, gee, I was going to pick him. And But I decided to go with a guy instead. You probably don't like here. I'm going to go with Najee Harris, the Steelers running back. Yep, against the Baltimore Ravens. Look, I did this based off matchup, and as well as the fact that Najee's been trending down a little recently. You know, he hasn't had the same kind of – the thing is, like, Najee's volume is really the only thing that's been keeping him viable. I think he averages, like, three yards per carry, which is not good. But the thing is, he gets a touchdown usually, or he gets, like – a million checkdowns from Big Ben, and then that's how he gets his fantasy PPR points viable. But, um, you know, I just didn't see it last week against the Cincinnati Bengals. He only had eight carries for 23 yards. Granted, the Bengals blew them out pretty quickly, so I think they just benched him to rest him because they, they're they giving him Derrick Henry volume almost. And I just don't see it against the Ravens. I think the Ravens are going to do very well against the run. They already have. They're one of the best run defenses in the league. They pretty much shut down Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt last week. So I just don't see it happening against like, and the Browns had one of the best O-lines in the league. Sealer's not so much. So I love the talent Najee Harris presents, but I don't think that this is a good matchup for him. I would consider benching him. As for Gaff, um, he picked Antonio Gibson against the Raiders. So it comes to show that Gav's really good. Bank living in Vegas this week. I think for Gibson, I think for me, the only concern is his stress. I think what you said, Matt, stress fracture. Yeah. Before the knee, I think that's the one concerning thing. But I don't know about the Raiders' defense. However, I think Gibson, he's been chained together a few good games. So it's just that linger, that stress fracture that's kind of like, kind of doubt, making me doubt about. Gibson and why he should be kind of set out this week, but I'm not, I'm not too sure. Yeah. I mean, definitely understandable. You know, I feel like with the, with his multiple good games, I think he's down to bound to have a little bit of regression. I kind of see what guys are trying to go for there, but you know, um, I personally don't like hundred percent agree with it, with this sit, but you know, this guy, so you got to expect some, you know, bad picks. I mean, he picked two, two of my players from another, from, my my fantasy teams 
So I think he's mm-hmm. doing that on purpose. Uh, not yet. Just, you're, you're gonna have to read it out. You think he thinks it's God. He's he thinks he's God. Okay. Uh, so I think he's he's still riding high off that locket, that locket um analysis from like week two or three. Yeah. I mean, I was gonna say Gibson, ever since we shit on Gibson, Gibson's been amazing. And he's done it yeah. against the Bucks, Panthers, and Seahawks. So That's all everybody ever needs is just for us to shit on. Yeah. So I'm gonna help shit on this player that I really like in terms of talent, but I don't think he's gonna have a great game for wide receiver sits of the week. I'm going to go with Jerry Judy versus the Kansas city chiefs. What concerns me about Judy isn't the talent. It's everything else. Basically the fact that he doesn't get a lot of opportunities, first of all, because more than 50% of his offense is basically running. Like they run it to Javante or Melvin Gordon. And those are the focal points of the offense and they don't give it basically. So that basically means they don't get to pass it a lot. And then when you do pass it, you have three options here. You got Judy, you got Fant, and you got Sutton. And Sutton's basically like crashed and burned in terms of value. At least Judy gets some set plays that they give it to him for. But it's not enough volume for me to consider him. As well as the fact that we don't even know who he's going to throw the ball to him. Is it going to be Teddy Bridgewater, Teddy Two Gloves? Or is it going to be the guy that replaced him once Bridgewater got injured last week? Drew Locke, who is one of the worst decision-making quarterbacks I've ever seen in the league, honestly. Oh, he's still in the league? Yeah. He's still I just remember him league. dancing on the sideline. He's still slinging that ball. Oh, video. That, that video is going to can. <laughs> I think the – he okay, this was his stat line last week against the Chargers. Mind you, he played almost a full game. He had a 57% completion rating, which is the best part about it. 26 yards, one interception. That's it. I think mean, that game was just, he just clocked in. Or he just, he just clocked in. He's like, clocked out. I suppose he's sorry. Today? Mentally. Yeah. You, sorry, let me rephrase it. He checked out this. He checked out that game. I think he also fumbled the snap or something. He's horrible. It's not as bad as Zach. When he's Wilson. out there, their offense is horrible. I think it's the best way to put it. But the thing is, Fangio hates Drew Locke. He started, Teddy sucks, but he refused to even consider Drew Locke as a possibility over Teddy. So I don't think even when he's forced to start Drew Locke, he's not going to start Drew Locke. He's basically going to have him have a stat line like that, not even throw the ball because it's going to get intercepted. So I mean, don't start. We also are better off, you know, throwing, running the ball against the Chiefs and trying to keep them on the other side of the field. If you start throwing the ball around and, you got Drew Locke throwing that shit, all these completions. You're just getting Mahomes more possessions, and he's in a tear-ass part. Yeah. If the Chiefs are going to put 11 people in the box, Vic Fangio is still going to run it. That's just all I'm saying. I mean, honestly, it makes sense. Yeah. I think I they still have better odds, honestly. 100%. I agree with you. And my pick next week is for this week um, is also similar in that sense. I just don't like the matchup. And I got Kendrick Bourne against Buffalo. He's been a hot pickup. I think he's not a bad pickup still. If you're looking for just someone to have as a good receiver, I would just bench him this week. So it's a weird little bench in, bench and stash, I guess. Um, Buffalo is great defense. I think it's going to be like a 14 to 11 game type of game, you know. And I'm not sure who's going to win or anything, but, you know, I don't think Kendrick Bourne's going to have a good game. He's kind of been relying on touchdowns, and he's always been known as a touchdown machine. And the red zone, he's the biggest threat. 
But, you know, I don't know how many touchdowns you're really going to be getting this week against Buffalo, who has, like, one of the top five, ten defenses. And, you know, the way the Patriots run the ball, they're going to run a lot of clock. They're not going to be, you know, giving out too many extra possessions. So it'll be a low-scoring, not-passing favorited game. Was that pick cool. – I shot at someone? No, no shots. No shots. No shot. Okay. Well, all analysis. This is well, the second time this has happened. Okay. Well, Gab's pick, he took, I think he took a shot at your whole team because he said Steelers players with an S. And afterwards, he wrote literally dog water. So, uh, I don't think you I have nothing to, to say here. Analysis there. Yeah, I don't know what to say about this. Um, no analysis for me, Dylan. I have no analysis. Uh, I, I have no matchup breakdown. I have no matchup. He just literally said dog. Your team's dog water, basically. It's okay. Yeah. No. Having, I think this is his hate boner. He's having his hate boner right now in the wide receiver mm-hmm. category. Yeah, it's just I tough think, for him. It's tough being a Patriots fan, you know? You don't know who to like. One day you hate Belichick. The next day you hate Mac. The next day you love Belichick and Mac. <laughs> and the next day you hate Brady. It's, it's, it's a hard life. Like Patriots fans just have a talk. Dude. It's like those toxic relationships. It's like you're yeah. gonna get over it or not. Doesn't you don't have to have a toxic relationship? Man won you six Super Bowls. <laughs> Why do you hate him? <laughs> yeah, he that man did enough, and he wanted to go off on his own. Just leave him be. I don't want to have a personality. Yeah, God, man, he's too grumpy. He let Brady leave. Brady left because he wanted to leave. Yeah, I think. Gaz probably still mad that Juju danced on your gut on the New England logo. Oh, he did. He probably did. He danced on someone's logo. I know definitely how many logos. Definitely the Bengals. I still remember that one. That was funny. We got to talk about that. We're getting we're getting carried away here. Let's go back. Let's go back to our discussion here. All right, let's go back to tight end. I start crying. Um, I'm gonna knock against New England. This time, no, you're not. I'm not biased. You know, I'm taking Buffalo as my sit too. You know. So Patriots, it's the exact same thing I just said. Patriots have a great defense, just like Buffalo, and I don't expect Josh Allen to be playing good. He usually doesn't play good against these Bill Belichick teams. So I don't need to explain too much more. And if you've been watching football, then you know what this game is going to look like, and I don't think it's going to be very offensively favored. Yep. And speaking mm-hmm. of that matchup, I'm going to go the opposite way. I'm going to go with the Patriots tight ends versus Buffalo. I would normally start Hunter Henry in any circumstance, but this week I'm benching him for Zach Ertz just because I don't like that matchup. Buffalo is one of the best defenses in the league. They lost Tredavious White to a season-ending injury, but that's not going to affect the tight ends. It's going to affect the wide receivers. So, you know, I think they're going to shut down both Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith, and I think that the fact that either one of them could be viable because I think Johnny Smith is back from injury just means that neither of them are going to get enough uh, snaps or receptions in order to be viable. You're basically looking at a gambling for touchdown with Hunter Henry. And you're looking to not gamble at all with Johnny Smith because he's all he does is the JD McKissick of the Patriots receiving uh, options. He's just taking away receptions and yards just because he can. And mm-hmm. it's just not going to work right now, especially against the one of the best passing defenses in Buffalo. So just don't do it at all. So for Gas last pick for Tyan to sit, um, he's coming at Matt and me for he wants to sit uh, George Kittle against Seattle. Uh, Why don't you explain that one, huh? I disagree. <laughs> I hope 
<laughs> based on Seattle's defense, looks like they look lost out there the past this or not this past this season. And I believe that Kittle is going to blow them up and take vengeance from last the last time the Niners saw this saw um Seahawks. So yeah, Dylan, Dylan, let me say something about Gav's picture real quick. I'm you know before we before we move off our starts and sits because that was our start last sit um for this segment. I think, you know, I'm going to predict something here. I'm going to make a bold statement. I think Gav's probably going to go over four on these picks. Um, I mean, he didn't gone. really have a third pick in the receivers, but I think they're, I think that my, my prediction is that all of Gav's picks are about to be wrong this week. See, the thing is, you, Gav was basically a jinx already. We all knew that. But now you mm-hmm. jinxed him. So now they are going to suck. Yeah. Yeah, that's not happening. I've never been wrong. This, this you didn't list in shut down George Kittle. Oh, no. He, he didn't even list. Your wide receivers, so he's disrespecting all your wide receivers. Yeah, we're winning this week then for sure. Same you literally said all of them are dog. Two times. Dog but, water, dog water. <laughs> I think Kittle's gonna blow up Seattle. I mean, yeah. there's nothing really going on. In you're Seattle not scared anymore. of Jamal Adams, bro? He's been no. on an interception streak lately. No, you're gonna you're gonna kill him. He's Kittle's been picking up all the best quarterbacks in the league. Yours could be next. Exactly. Got Trey Lance. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. He's not. But um, I disagree with Gas pick. Put Kittle in. I don't care. I know yeah. the homer's coming out, but put Kittle in. He's going to blow him up. There's nothing going on in Seattle this season. They're out of contention. The only thing up there is Starbucks. That's all I got to say, Matt. All right. All right. Bold statement. That is your starts and sits of the week. We missed Gav a little bit in terms of the ridiculousness, but I think that Dylan – then just fine for what Gab would probably have said. So we're going to do – what? what's that? Oh, I was saying he was coming at my team. He was coming at G's entire team. And <laughs> Matt Kittle – This is every week though, nowadays. Yes. He thinks he lives in Vegas with all these picks. They're all emotionally charged. That's for sure. Okay, we're going to get some fantasy football counsel in. I'm going to put three minutes on the clock. And we're going to just – we're going to try to help some people out here see what kind of questions they got right now all right all right and go ppr pick two brandon cooks terry mclaurin javante williams jamal williams terry and javante for me i would say javante javante williams pick two i think terry and javante as well uh i would say javante williams and jamal williams JJ. All right. JJ. JJ. Okay. JJ. A lot of references this week. Bench one, half PPR, Mooney or Renfro? Javante, Van Jefferson. So bench one. Van Jefferson. I'm benching Jefferson. I'm benching Mooney. Mm. I would bench Jefferson. All right. Okay, 12-team PPR. I'd like to start Mitchell and Michelle, assuming Henderson is out. Swear to God if Henderson's out. Should I start Zeke, Ayuk, or Sterling Shepard if he plays in the flex? Ooh. Oh, man, your team is just falling apart. <laughs> <laughs> Ayuk. I'm picking Ayuk. He's missing Christmas. I, think I already with... said not to start Zeke, so yeah, I'm going Ayuk too. I would say Ayuk just because I think – is Devo out for this upcoming Debo's week? Devo's going to be out. Yeah, I'll definitely pick Ayuk then. Mm. All right. 
Devontae Freeman, Tevin Coleman, Logan Thomas. Ooh. Logan Thomas. Yeah, I'm inclined to say the same. I know Vegas is bad against tight ends. Mm. Yeah. Logan Thomas is. Logan Thomas. All right. AJ Green versus the Bears or Russell Gage versus Tampa Bay. I know it's ugly. Please help. That's horrible. That's not ugly. <laughs> AJ Green. AJ Green. I think just because of the matchup alone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If there's just shit in the bed, you might as well just be green. <laughs> <laughs> Don't understand that one, but okay. Mike no. Williams versus Cincinnati or Tyler Lockett versus SF. Is God going to punish Tyler Lockett again? Oh, uh, Mike Will. I'm going to just say Mike Will. Even though I had Tyler, Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett because he's going to blow up the Niners. San Francisco. Well, you're going to yeah. kill Fred Warner here and all of them? I don't no, think Fred yeah. Warner is playing. I think well, that's not. the concern. Yeah. Many injuries for you guys, as always. He's uh, been Iron Man at the, defense, the San Francisco defense. Lately. Yep. So that's concerning. All right, full PPR: Amari Cooper, Mike Williams, Van Jefferson, Elijah Moore. This sucks. Sheesh. Uh, Sheesh. I had Elijah Moore. I dropped him. By now. I'm going Amari. Mike Williams. Yeah, I got Mike Williams too. I feel like that's a disrespectful to put Amari, just Amari Cooper in the same discussion and Elijah Moore and Van Jefferson though. That's just. <laughs> but the me. thing is, like, he got. I think he's getting the Lattimore. Like, he's gonna get Lattimore. I mean, you know, yeah, he's gonna get Lattimore. I was thinking about maybe yeah. CD will, but yeah, we have Mark Cooper, right? One. But yeah. I think I think what they do is that they have Lattimore on one, and then they double the other one. So I think that's what they all do. So either way, I don't think it's gonna work. Yeah. All right, that's three minutes. So hopefully we answered your questions. But if not, feel free to always tweet at us at Bay Council. We will always be on to help you out with your questions. Yeah, anyway. shout out. You guys had our Twitter popping last week. Yeah, I loved it, guys. Keep it up because, you know, we're, we're always on. And what we do is that, you know, we don't just answer your questions instantly. We talk, the, we uh, have the entire group basically sit in on it, in on it. So we have Gav, me, G, Nando, everyone, you know, and they look at your questions. We vote and we basically have a consensus opinion. And whoever is the majority, we go with it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah, if you really want someone's opinion, you can just add us and ask. Be like, "Hey, Matt, I want to hear your opinion." If you've been following Matt's picks, but if you've been following Gav's picks for some reason, you need his opinion. You can ask for it or whatever you need. If you need some, you know, special advice, go ahead and ask <laughs> that too. Oh yeah. All right, and uh, we're gonna wrap it up here for a little bit, but we just wanted to get into a couple of closing things before we go. We, if you. Looked at Spotify rap recently. December 1st is the time Spotify rap came out. I'm sure you saw it on your Instagram or whatever stories, your friends. Maybe you have it yourself. But Sports Council also has a Spotify rap in and of itself, the podcast. And it's crazy. So I'd like to point out that, you know, 11 fans listen to us more than any other podcast on Spotify. That's very good. Yeah. And We've totaled so far 1,454 minutes across the 20 episodes that we have released this year. And that's incredible, honestly, because we, I think this podcast has been technically active for like three years or three to four years, but we've mostly been active 
this year in particularly, we've had a weekly podcast. And shout out to all 11 of you fans. I know it's small, but we really appreciate, you know, the fact that you listen to us more than any, any other podcast on Spotify. So thank you for that. We and, appreciate it, you know, and yeah. we hope you guys stay around and hopefully next year we have even more than that. Yeah, we appreciate you. And lastly, uh, it is also December 1st, so we want to give a quick shout out to one of our great content creators here, Vivek. It is his birthday today. It is his 23rd Ooh. birthday. And, birthday, uh, Vivek. Yeah, happy birthday, Viv. Go, Viv. Yeah, he is actually one of the first uh, founders of the Sports Council podcast. It was originally just a website and a blog, but he suggested that we create the podcast as well. And we've had a great time ever since. And what a pioneer. Yeah, if you want to check out any of his podcasts, he's usually the NBA guy. So you can listen to any of our NBA podcasts. I particularly recommend our third episode, LeBron's Losing Lakers. That was a great one. Where he is very involved in that so it's his favorite personally because he was so right obviously yeah it's going on now too right always applicable yeah he, he's right three years later so uh that's how right one man could be oracle prophet also known as Viv. <laughs> that about wraps it up for this episode make sure to follow us on twitter at bay council Follow us and subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music. You don't have to just listen to us on Spotify. We are available wherever podcasts are. That will do it, guys. Hope you enjoy your upcoming December. We'll have an episode for you next week. And see you. Peace out. Happy Hanukkah for the Jewish people that listen to our podcast. Yes, happy Hanukkah.